If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, give me a moment to take a deep breath. Because this is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, the number one podcast about video game development, the lifestyle thereof, with a little bit of jokes, comedy, laughter mixed in. And I can't do it all by myself, much like juggling with one hand, I need another. He is my brother from another mother, Mr. Brandon Fan. I only ask, what's your, what are you doing with your other hand? This is Brandon Fan. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode. It's bringing a special guest with me, Alex Jajaman. What's up, Alex? <laughs> I think you got my name right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Once in a while, I have my moments. So this is the part of the podcast, Alex, that we ask our guest, which is you, to introduce yourself to our audience, listeners out there, to give them a little frame of reference of who you are, where you've been, what you're doing, where you're heading. Sure. Um, hey guys, um, my name is Alex Jerjaman, uh, and I've been working in the game industry for the past seven years. Congrats. And, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and now I thought, hey, podcasts are a fun idea and I should come <laughs> along. Um, I, I'm an artist, an environment artist, and uh, I started in the industry from i basically wanted to be an architect at one point and then you know started to get into 3d a little bit then i wanted to become a blizzard artist then i wanted to be a a pixar artist and eventually i ended up just joining the game industry and started in microsoft and now in in canada in warframe nice that's 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 amazing man yeah, seriously. Summed up my whole life in three minutes. <laughs> well, congrats on making the past five years. That's like the mm-hmm. first official little, you know, hump in the game industry where people are like, you know what? I really don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So yeah, those past five. Those thoughts cross my mind. I keep I keep thinking, hey, is it for me? Maybe I should do something else. But I love it. It's it's the funnest yeah. experience. We have the greatest job, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So like we don't have to go in the details, but did you hit that hump? That little hump where in the middle is like questioning your whole life, your whole being. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, where I were you like, at the five year mark? Anyway, it, you know, it's you? like it's like when you work for a while and you kind of you're starting to think like, hey, maybe I should maybe I should try other things. And I, I was considering going VFX for a while, but I just can't make that leap. And I, I do love making games. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I kind of stuck, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in a good way, because because I do enjoy it a lot. Did you go uh, to a, a college to learn all this, or I have? Better? Although you know, I've I'm I'm pretty sure you guys would agree with me. It's not uh, the best way to learn the craft. Although I have I have I've studied in Britain in uh, in the University of Hertfordshire, which is probably the better university out there in Britain, and mm-hmm. it did give me a lot, like in terms of uh, networking and things like that, but not as much about not as much on the skill level but more mm-hmm. it's like this it's like uh, our lectures were inviting different studios to the to the university all the time mm-hmm. and that's pretty much how i got my first job so i never actually graduated i dropped out <laughs> because on the second year we had uh blitz games coming over and they were working on the disney ip the epic mickey at the time mm-hmm. and they were like heavily recruiting and they were like oh would you like a job and i was like yeah and then like do you mind quitting college? I'm like, yeah, I don't mind. Let's go. <laughs> That's the perfect start. How did that work out for the school? They're like, wait, what? Well, <laughs> my, teachers, you guys here? <laughs> yeah, my yeah. teachers still haunting me till today. He's like, hey, dude, you have to finish your uh, bachelor oh, or yeah. come on, come back. But uh, now nah, we're all worked out in the end. He sure. was, they were pretty happy. I mean, the, the, even the lecturers kind of knew that, you know, it's like, the the industry uh, experience is way way more important than than the college degree you know i was gonna say with seven consistent years in the industry you might be able to just hold up your resume to your teacher and be like hey look i'm 
I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Might even have a better resume than he or she did. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> no. The, the guys, the the lecturers were pretty cool. They like. Okay. Uh, I think he was the main. Uh, my course leader was from Sony uh, in mm-hmm. London, and there was a bunch of guys from from the industry. They're 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 really good. But but yeah, they would agree that that uh, job experience is definitely way more important than a college degree. You know. Mm-hmm. For your seven years, man, it sounds like you you jumped around a lot from continent oh, to continent. So can you kind of name off the places you were? Yeah, yeah so I started at Blitz. Um, that was my first gig. Uh, then I went to Rare in in in. Uh, Where was Blitz? Where was Blitz? Blitz is in a little uh, place in uh, Leamington Spa. They were uh, sort of work. I think they were like outsourcing for the company in Texas to do the mm-hmm. Epic Mickey. Um, I don't even remember. It was so long ago. Um, but yeah, then I jumped to Rare. I was working on Kinect Sports. Um, then from there, I got my dream job to work in Lionhead Studios, working on Fable series. And that hey. was like, like Lionhead in UK was like Blizzard for you guys in America. It's mm. it, it was like I needed that job so bad. And sadly, the studio closed down. After mm. that, I freelanced for a while, and then I ended up here in Canada. In um, uh, I forgot my studio's name now. <laughs> Digital Extremes, that's right. And money, uh, yeah, moneymaker right there. Shout out that, to that is true. That, yeah, that's true. Hey guys, the game we're working on is 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 crazy good. You know, it's like when I when I got approached for this job, it was mm-hmm. like, hey, would you like to work on Warframe? I'm like, what is Warframe? Kind of looked mm-hmm. around, and but then I played it, got addicted to it like crazy. It's yeah. it's, it's definitely been fun. It's it seems like one of those games that'll sneak up on you like that. I remember yeah. I introduced a Warframe not too long ago and i like watched a couple of videos and saw how it was played i was like i'm probably gonna have to skip this one because mm-hmm. i'm already addicted to moba and like that's where all my money and time is going but i saw hooks that me as a person would like dig my teeth into and probably like hey brandon i'm gonna need to take two three weeks off the podcast <laughs> dude I, I, got- I gotta i gotta i gotta look just don't ask me why you know i'll be back <laughs> but, <laughs> No, it looks dope though, dude. Yeah, that's not no, a shameless plug or nothing. Like I'm, I actually. Anyway, go ahead. It's uh, it's like super addictive because yeah. I got like unlimited amount of like gold and credit oh, and oh. and all the all the resources in okay. the game, and I'm and I'm still like putting in like hundreds of hours into yeah. that game. If you playing like free to play way, it's mm-hmm. like it's like years of your life just going into this. But it's it, it is extremely addictive. But it's because it's good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I remember this is like a seven year development game, right? Seven year uh, in the making because I yeah, kind of remember, I remember back when I was at COD. It, yeah, very, it very. Like, uh, yeah, it was it's Destiny before Destiny, basically. And pretty much, yeah. And cool. I, I think it's like the way the, the studio's sort of like mindset is, is that it's always improved. So yeah. the I think like I can't speak for the studio, but I think like the original ideas weren't going the way it is right now. But mm-hmm. It's like we started somewhere and then they just kept adding things. And right yeah. now we have just crazy, crazy DLCs coming out that, mm-hmm. that just like completely different to what the game originally was. And and yeah, I, th- I think like the studio is really caring about the, the people and they put the content first and they put a lot of effort into it and it's paying off. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you were interested, though, in that type of game before you went to the studio where, like, are you into the genre or do you feel like getting there, playing it, and then you started to find that, like, you really loved it? I guess, where was your interest beforehand? I, th- I think so. The genre is really interesting because it's sort of like RPG, but it's also like, you know, a third person shoot them all kind of game, you know? So yeah. I, I was always into these kind of like little platform yeah. games, you know, like the Spider-Mans and all those. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like the Max Paynes of the world, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely like fitted my my uh my 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 type of game but Thank on top you. of that the art style of this game is just mm-hmm. like when i saw it like the original ones like you know the, the the earlier the earlier game it was kind of still still trying to figure itself out but right now it's like the style is something that you know no other studio is doing it's it's crazy how much of that are you responsible for as the artist over there? <laughs> oh man, I'm like, uh, I'm like, you know, like in here definitely is like very much like a problem solver, okay. you know, f- for the guys just, my lead just throws like the hardest, hardest things at me possible. So I, I'm most of the time I'm just trying to figure out like the pieces that, that are, you know, hard to make, like, mm-hmm. it, you know, the game grew 
a lot in size, like literally. So like we started with like corridor levels and, and things like that. And right now it's like these massive open worlds. But on top of that, it's not just trees and terrains, you know, it's like huge architecture. And we're trying to figure out like, oh, how do we make it? you know hold up how do we make like a building that is a kilometer tall still have good good up close texturing and detailing yeah it's crazy how big is the team like i team is actually quite big we have like almost 300 people in there shit yeah it's it's a pretty big game man it evolved man like it, it adapted and listens to the customers and it it made uh i remember it making like um uh just changes in the gameplay just to make sure that, you know, it's up, up to date and everything. And uh, is it using a proprietary engine or is it using Unreal? I forget. No, it's, it's proprietary. Yeah. It's proprietary. Okay. We have, it's, it's pretty good. Like, um, you know, as, as far as engines go, it, it's, it's quite good. It's, it's up, up there with, with Unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was easy to learn. Oh man. It's, uh, on, on my first studios, I, I worked in the, in the Havoc and I think it was called Havoc engine. And those oh, yeah. were like, pain man but like this one this one's pretty much well i don't know if i'm allowed to say a lot about the engine but it's 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 good it's good it's It's good good to work with yeah and you've spent a lot of time using like other engines you know unity uh unreal so you do have a good base to compare it to. oh yeah yeah so like it's it's if you know unreal this engine is like easy peasy i I never actually worked in unity before though it's uh, unreal is sort of my go-to whenever i do something for myself unreal Mm -hmm. is my thing Mm -hmm. it's definitely I think it's a lot harder to go from unreal to unity but I, i just because it doesn't have at least artist-friendly tools along with it. But Unity people will probably say the same thing. It's harder to go from Unity to Unreal because of how uh, closed off Unreal is. Um, That's very true, actually. Like a bunch of my friends, you know, they they uh, had a guy who was uh, they, like, a bunch of my friends always trying to make something, you know. They're always like, oh, we're just make our, making our own thing. And they always tend to gravitate towards, towards Unity. And mm-hmm. I was like, why Unreal? It's so easy. You just click buttons and things appear but they mm-hmm. always like oh man you have no idea unity is the stuff you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah so I, I i kind of like played around with it a little bit but i it was too hard for me to figure out i guess mm-hmm. man, I, i'm just sitting here having a moment and i'm sorry to like change it a little bit but like i remember when i first wanted to really get into making my own games i was dying to like get 20 dollars on the internet so i could buy a copy of this engine called click and play Right. Like it was it was like Microsoft uh, PowerPoint with like a little bit of like scripting functionality. Right. And now I'm over here looking at Warframe and I'm thinking about my experience in Unreal and I'm thinking about using Unity and like just how far we've come since I've been like maybe 12 years old to now. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, man. This game yeah, is yeah. my, my, my first right now. My, my first like engine experience was like you guys ever played uh, War, uh, Warcraft? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like that, remember they always had those sandbox creators? Like yeah, that yeah. was the first time yeah. I've ever experienced some kind of engine. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's so Put true. Nine gold mines in like one little corner. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I would just build myself a giant base and it would just yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Cheat codes. Good times. Yeah. My first engine was the hammer engine, just making maps for uh, Counter Strike. I don't know how you started there. Is that. What I think, maps? my first actual like real like level designs where i gave a crap about it being really fun and not just like cheat code style for me i would say unreal tournament when i was unreal making tournament. you know deathmatch or capture the flag levels based on using the unreal ed 2.0 mm-hmm. uh before that i mean i was just doing stuff like if you had a program that had animation or like some sort of like basic scriptability i was trying to make something interactive with it but I wouldn't consider anything I did like actual legitimate level design until I got to Unreal 2.0. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys are old school. Hey man, I was, hey, I was I'm not embarrassed. Baby back I'm then. not embarrassed. I know. I know. I've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, I did start quite late though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 
Counter-Strike, I can't believe it's still going on, man. Like the it's crazy. And I see the Warframe kind of following along that way. This is just like that the game that you guys got going is just constantly. Yeah, I think it's the number five on Steam right now. It's it, yeah. it's doing really, really well. And it's it's great. And the fan base, we have our own con. Mm-hmm. With like once a year we have a Tenacon coming on, and thousands of people come in every year. It's Jesus. it's right. it's huge. I did not know like when I signed up for this job, I had no idea of the yeah kind of studio yes so true yeah like well i remember when uh when i was working in dubai too like digital extreme was uh kind of helping us out with that they had a few guys yeah Yeah, they flew them in we we were like working alongside each other and stuff and the warframe was like starting to be developed like as as an idea at that time so it was crazy to kind of see it from there to to now which is like a beast I'm, i think it's gonna outlet destiny the way destiny's going to be well, honest well that, that's that's what like all the all our sort of all our players say is that like destiny has this like model where it's like they well the way they kind of describe it is like they're trying to put too many transactions and they're trying to put yeah, like yeah. you're trying to make the money first and play mm-hmm. next where warframes approach is more like hey this is a Design game free. it's free yeah. play it enjoy it and if you want to buy something feel free kind of thing yeah. so that is that is the great part i think that's the free to play model that works it's like when you put the game first then you put the money next yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly how drug dealers did it they gave you <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, oh my god, this is great! And you're like, yeah, yeah. okay, twenty bucks. Yeah, I don't you know, know from experience, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've yeah, seen yeah. movies. You know, New Jack yeah. City and all that. Yeah, you're not far is, off, is Bobby like strangling you? <laughs> Bobby Kotick strangling you until you give up. Yeah, they they show you the products. They don't even let you put the little knife in to sample it. You got to yeah. buy it just off site. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Now that we bring this up, and this is probably the wrong episode to say anything like this, but like as we're recording right now, Activision is going through like a stock stock decline. drop. I'll just really? I'll just call it oh, a, really? a decline. Oh, no oh my goodness, you guys! I didn't know about looking. that. Uh, is it in result of blizzard or or something revealing their numbers and i i would say and this is me kind of speculating here that there's a lot of unexpected things that fans were dealing with and so fan support has kind of been low and so therefore seeing the negative news as let's say an investor who like is more primarily focused on money and returns not knowing much about the game industry is probably also like oh well you know and then there's not a whole new product that came from activision blizzard this year to be honest that's crazy well i actually yeah. just worked with activision mm-hmm. and i worked on the on the spyro reignited uh, yeah. trilogy uh-huh. which which i thought did really well everybody was pretty happy i'm i'm really surprised by that but i've heard like blizzard is not doing so well right now with their with their diablo announcement and, uh, and all that stuff man, we can well, get into just, some serious tangents this is some round table yeah, yeah. stuff for sure but like from what the sense i'm getting is active it's the same complaints right the microtransaction is still in its infancy i would say of figuring out among the AAA, and they're kind of pushing well with uh i guess with um with bungie Bungie and Blizzard, especially fans, have been kind of, kind of disgusted with the Activision uh, shadow of just yeah. money first for gameplay because there has been a shift, right? Yes, for Either, sure. But it is definitely not Activision just like pushing because Activision is pretty hands off until you don't make money, right? Yeah. But um, I would say the decision has been kind of kind of pushed in that direction instead of just because you know larry as a designer you're like you don't think money first right no, no, when you design I, things. I could not work for a company who came in here and like i had this idea and they're like no before like before you tell us that we want to see you know 13 percent return <laughs> yeah. on all new things yeah. so how is your idea that you're about to tell me going to give us 13 percent return yeah and any answer other than why well, i just think the players are going to like this they're not going to want to hear that you know what i mean like i'm going to have to go and like make a microsoft excel chart and say well here because it takes this much time to complete event a and it reduces health by x and then the only way to get health back is to purchase health pack through the store through the hard currency yada yada i don't want to do that shit you like i'm mm-hmm. still the guy like hey i just want to make a game because i think someone will like it and it'll be fun yeah what i will say is like and then i'll get off of all this side stuff because i want to celebrate your art <laughs> and like your career dude um 
my biggest problem, I think, with the way that I feel like AAA, like $60 microtransactions are going is it reminds me of going to a restaurant that's like tip already included before like you before oh, I, I even that. before you even meet your waiter and before that, they yeah. even like treat yeah. you well or like ask hello what's your name how are you doing it's mm-hmm. like just so you know tips like you already have to pay me tips so i can just treat you like shit if i want to right like yeah. i feel like the 60 dollar game industry is like oh the players love us they're addicted to our games so we can do whatever we want with our microtransaction strategy and it's like no man like you don't disrespect us and i think the community is like fought back especially this year in regards to like feeling disrespected and how you have to continue to pay more to play the game right like i i don't know so that's where i sit on it is like man come on dude i'm like totally on board with you there larry the only thing i would say is like you know it's what i noticed is is that everybody's pushing the microtransactions and i wonder if it's because of the greed or if it's because of the fact that it's like remember like back in the day when we were making games you know it would take like a team of 10 artists five designers you know a couple sound guys and a couple leads and and we can produce something right but right now it's like to make an assassin's creed or something like that they have like i think like staff of like three thousand people and it's like i think the market price of the boxed game no Mm -hmm. longer actually covers the production cost and that's i think that's why everybody sort of pushing sure. on the whole microtransaction thing. And I can say this, that's bad business. That is true. I agree. Just, I'm just going to say that clean as day is if you're going to make something and you already know, like, all right, it's going to be risky to make. It's going to take us many years. And then when it's out, we're still not going to get full return on investment. We have to then tighten the screws a little bit, hurt the industry, hurt our consumers by making them spend more money for what they as a community feel like they should have deserved should have already had or deserved to experience based on their $60 purchase, there's a disconnect there. So either they have to bring down what they're capable of producing or find a better way that's less disrespectful, but just as successful to kind of get people to convert future monies. Uh, I think like like the big companies just started to think too big, you know, it's like, it's like a lot of the times just small games just work, you know, like uh, Batman Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum, the first one was so good and it was so small. It was so isolated and that's all you need. Arkham Asylum is a top three game for me. It's top three. Like I love that one so much. It's top three. And it's in my top 10 for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to let Brandon borrow a copy. I didn't hear him say anything, so he must not have played it. No, I, oh. I played all three. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm just teasing I, you, man. Uh, I won't go too tangent, but, you know, Rocksteady was one of those, like, latecomer studios where I felt like as the design and art and everything, mm-hmm. it reminded me of the PS2 days where it was everything was just planned out and uh and executed so well like mm-hmm. the fact that they let you start batman 2 with all the stuff that you've had in batman mm-hmm. 1 i was like all right these guys are serious yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that thing where it's batman amnesia. had amnesia oh. <laughs> and then you started oh. i gotta relearn my skills i'm not batman in all games for some reason. yeah <laughs> so rocksteady i'm excited for what they're doing next I, like, I, I, I have a feeling they're working on the superman game i just they have to. like i know people but no people <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a hard game to make. They sold the power fantasy the best. Like, if anyone was like, "You're gonna feel like you're Batman," and that's what you're buying this game for, A plus plus plus. They did a great job. One hundred percent. Right. Well, I mean, to go back. <laughs> oh yeah, back about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I like it. Uh, well, I mean, like you, you've been in the industry for a while, and you, you. Uh, I mean, what, what? The one thing that we always encourage developers to do besides like just killing it at their job, but like to also look at alternatives and side things. How did you get uh, started with the freelancing thing? Oh man, it was, uh, it was crazy. I I, th- I think you said that we actually worked for indirectly work. work. Yeah. 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 It, it's, yeah. it's crazy. But yeah, it's like, I was just sitting at home and it's all started with tutorials, right? I, I started working for plural site and there was, there was a girl hey, that work. You, you probably helped me, you know, step up my skills a little bit. So <laughs> I hope so. I'm not sure if my or, or take blame for it. Yeah. But yeah, girl, a girl was saying that like, Oh, I do these tutorials sometimes uh, and uh, on plural site. 
and like, oh, do they actually pay anything? And she's like, oh, yeah, we get like a thousand dollars for a tutorial. And I'm like, whoa, a thousand bucks for a video? I'm, I'm on that, you know, and then sort of that relationship started. And then from that, I got a little bit of exposure on, on ArtStation and, you know, just guys started contacting me and every time it sort of goes the way like hey would you like a job and i'm like uh i actually have a job right now but i do i have like eight spare hours after work so if you want me to do some freelance and and it slowly sort of evolved from smaller projects into basically working on spyro which was which was crazy for me because i was a huge fan of that game Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's uh, it looks great yeah so spyro was freelance as in you had a job already yep yep it was freelance it was probably the craziest freelance and but it was so much fun it was it's like stylized games are my like favorite thing to do because mm-hmm. they're fun they're creative you know and uh and and when activision just like hey would you like to would you like to help us on that i'm like yes mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was super fun and and it's like you know it's like um um i'm trying to sort of um you know trying to sort of switch a bit more to towards the freelance and 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 just do as much of it as possible to get more clients and stuff like that which which always helps Mm -hmm. financially and and it's just a lot of you know a lot of stuff on my portfolio instantly Mm -hmm. would you say that like freelancing is something that everyone who can produce you know something that's freelanceable like for example design art engineering like i don't know if there's such thing as hey will you be a producer for us freelance but i know like artists designers engineers sound voice yeah i think like any content creator can totally do that but there are just it is my question is it something that you think anybody can do or is there like hey you have to have special skills to kind of really kill i don't think you have to have a special skill but i do think this like this work ethic and 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 punctuality is very important because i like whenever i do have freelance project i have to literally map out my day like this Mm -hmm. uh, in the morning i go to work i come back i go to the shower i get on my computer i work until 11 o'clock and it's Mm -hmm. like everything's sort of mapped out and everything's planned out because if you have so much work going on you always have to like compartmentalize it otherwise you just can't keep up and you get stressed at work you get stressed at at, uh, at after work at, on mm-hmm. freelance and there's always like you know it's like a lot of artists work in, in in bigger studios they would have like a contractual clause that that wouldn't allow them to freelance mm-hmm. so that's another thing you have to always think about and sometimes they don't even know that's the thing because nobody ever reads contracts mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, kind yeah. Of, I, kind, I kind of had to kind of face it uh, when i was in microsoft because that's when it sort of started and my boss was like wait you're doing tutorials you never told us that <laughs> but it all worked yeah. out in the end like, hey boss if you turn to page six and you look at the bottom and it says things that i do before coming here what's actually funny is like you're the one saying that they don't read the contracts where nine times out of ten it's us who's getting burnt because they're like oh larry you didn't see mandatory overtime that you're oh not yeah yeah that, that, that's right what here. i meant that's what i meant yeah <laughs> okay. yeah for sure but usually everybody's kind of cool about it though if you yeah, like yeah. come clean straight up and be like oh i'm 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 gonna do some freelance after work if that's cool you kind of just tell them who for and 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 they're usually cool with that wow yeah. that'd be nice yeah i would suggest either being very open or very closed about it yeah. <laughs> those are the only two it's ways a, i'm super snarky like, when i say it must be nice <laughs> but i would say this like it must have taken a few trial and error to get to a point where you feel like all right i know how to when i do take freelance this is my mm-hmm. day this is how i need to do it oh yeah like, yeah how many it's, i mean can you kind of walk us through like yeah. the struggles of finally getting a yeah. schedule down and everything like the first freelances i had man it was it was crazy because it's like i would like i'm pretty fast at at making 3d work and i would always be like i'm just leaving it for later and so my first Mm. projects were like i would leave like i would have a month to do something i would leave it till the next week for the last week and then i'll be like just burning through like stress and like sleepless nights and and then like at that point i was like no i have to like schedule it i have to make sure that i always do work i'm always on top of things and also like originally i was usually getting paid for like project on project basis but now i charge hourly so Mm. so that that way i kind of like you know i clock in i make sure that they are aware that i'm working right now and then it's it 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 helps that way it's like just making sure that everything is nicely spread out and you're not leaving everything to the last minute which artists always tend to do leaving everything for the last minute you know oh my god man more than artists (laughs) i think it's a human nature really (laughs) have you Uh, tried the uh do you find that working on a little every day 
is more helpful or do you do like I dedicate Tuesdays and Saturdays? Like, is there a, a, an approach that you prefer that you feel yeah. like is very uh, helpful? Yeah. I kind of do like, so I, I don't do like two full-time, you know, hours. So like, usually I would do like eight hours at my normal job and maybe like four hours on my freelance. And I would usually like, Oh, okay. So Mondays and Tuesdays are my days off on like Saturday. I can pull a full day for freelance. And then on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just half a days. So I never kind of do like a 40 hour freelance a week. I usually right. do maybe 20, 20 to 25 kind of thing. And yeah, just, yeah. Keeping it, keeping it low. And like whenever I approach a client, whatever, like the deadline and timeline they give me i would try and like push for the maximum amount of time so that way i don't have to burn burn through the through the content and it always works out better that way as well because it's like when you you know pushing it too fast and trying to produce a lot of work really fast you tend to just kind of cut corners and the art works out not as well made kind of thing so i i, I try to try to keep it cool Mm -hmm. Did this ever happen to you where, you know, you're like, all right, cool. I got this project and then I got this freelance. And then all of a sudden the boss comes in like, oh, my God, publisher says they need it two weeks early. We're going to have to start doing some overtime or we're going to have to start doing some Saturdays. And then that messes up your freelance plan. Did you ever have to deal with something like that? No, because uh, I am the luckiest person alive. I have never worked overtime at work in my life. Uh, <laughs> it's it's wow. well, I mean, like. I'm slightly over exaggerating. I did have to stay like a little bit late sometimes, right. but like we're talking not enough like an hour. Yeah. Not enough yeah. to like completely ruin my day. I, I got, I got really lucky. I never had anything like crazy sure. crunches or anything like that. And it, it's, it seems to be as well that every time I come into a studio, like even here, like when I joined, when I joined digital extremes, uh, they were going through like the, the, the Tenacon thing and, and there was like a lot of content needed to be created. So everybody was panicking. It was my first day. Everybody's running around like crazy. And I'm just like, hey, and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then after that, it just seems to be quite cool. Like we never had to do like overtimes. Well, there were, there were a few times when they, there was like, oh, you guys mind staying a little bit later? It usually tends to be like just before we have a Tenacon, just so we can produce like the best videos, the best, uh, the best content just, just before kind of thing. But yeah, I, I think I'm the luckiest because every, I hear so many horror stories of people just like working 24 hours a day. It's, it's crazy. Uh-huh. That's why you like sail right over that seven year mark. <laughs> well, I would say this. Like, I don't know why. This is well, I would say this. It probably comes from confidence because you know yeah. that you can make money in your other extra time. Like you know what you're worth even after work. And I think that helps a lot. Because I find a lot of friends, myself included, early in my career, is like, oh, this is it. You know, I'll get fired if I don't do this. Uh yeah. I, you know, I need the money, but like after a while of doing side stuff, it's like, you know, I'm actually worth more outside of work. <laughs> I just don't have a steady enough to, to replace it. But um, uh, just knowing that and feeling that you, you have, I, at least I have to come. It's like, nope, you got me for eight hours. I'll finish it tomorrow. <laughs> See you. I, I think that's the right attitude, man. Cause it's like, I, I noticed this with a lot of artists cause artists usually like, you know, very creative people and they tend to like be a bit on the shyer side. And, and it's like, not a lot of people know how much they actually worth, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, and it, it, it's sometimes sad, you know, because it's like, sometimes people like work for, a lot less money and mm -hmm. you know doing a lot more hours staying over time and it's it's yeah sometimes you just wish you could tell them like dude pull yourself together you're mm -hmm. you could you yeah. could be like you know that's why I, this podcast is here man i i look at it like there's a mindset switch that for whatever reason triggers earlier in some people maybe it never triggers in other people but and, and some people may just be content right like just being content is good enough yeah and like, I'm not going to look at anybody and talk down on them, but like, I got to a point where I saw Lamborghinis and I saw like really nice things that you can do in life when you have an abundance of wealth and free time. And I was like, well, damn, I would love to taste some of that, but I'm not going to get there if all I do is just work for my boss all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to switch early. I got exposed to, you know, like all kinds of different lifestyles and I got lots of advice, which was like, you know, if you're going to be the man's best friend, you'll never be the man. 
you know, you'll, and basically what that's saying is like, if you're like the best employee, what incentive does the boss have to like make you not work for him anymore or try to convince you to go do something else? You know? Yeah, that's, that's so true. I, I tend to like gravitate towards smaller companies for that reason, because it's, it seems that like, you know, the big corporate ones, you know, the Activisions, the Ubisofts, they, they always kind of, they always trying to, cause it's like, you You're know, it, yeah, exactly. Like it, a lot of me, shackles. I've, uh, I had, uh, I had an, uh, a, a job offer in, in, in London, in, in UK. And, uh, it was basically for, they were, it was for a company that was doing the gears of war at the time. Oh, okay. And it's like, there's a lot of like companies that kind of, because they have such a great title, they would, you know, they would mm-hmm. think that you would want to work there pretty much for free. And the yeah. payment is just kind of like, you know, yeah. something, something on the side. And it tends to be in the bigger companies, like with smaller companies, they always like being fair with what, yeah. with what they have and what they can afford to pay you yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Dude, even the big companies should be that way, man. It's like, it's all about mutual benefit. Like, hey, I bring skills to the table and I have time to offer you these skills to help you make the product. You keep me happy, I'll be here. You know, you it's, start- it's funny though, but because the big companies pay a lot of money to mm-hmm. contractors and freelancers, right? So if mm-hmm. you if you, if you you freelance for a big company, they'll pay you like the top dollar. You can name yeah. whatever number that you're not ashamed of and they'll yeah. be just like, okay, you yeah. know, and sometimes I'm like, what? You actually said yes, no negotiation. Yeah. But uh, but but uh, but when you go full time, they do have a lot of good benefits, I guess. But mm-hmm. but you still kind of, you know, it's 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 a job that like especially like artists, designers, it's like a craft you've been perfecting for many, many years. And you would have thought, right, that it's it's something that something that should be con- uh, compensated accordingly, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like the happiness uh, meter for game developers uh, infinitely get better when you're not working in the office. <laughs> it, it just declutters a lot of the uh, uh, politics that usually uh, gets brought up in those situations. Not in all places, but yeah. what I find is like at least the big, big places. It, when you're around people, just people are very ambitious. You know, it just happens and. Everyone's always looking for a step up, which isn't bad. It's competition, but it kind of gets in the way and gets distracting towards the goal sometimes. Um, my, my, I have a question with, um, so you, you work on uh, Skylanders Activision, a big company, mm-hmm. um, and freelance for them. How long was that engagement? That wasn't really long. That was like four or five months. I joined in during production time. So I was literally mm-hmm. just like, Hey, make those levels. And they already had all the concept art and, uh, and stuff like that. It wasn't really long. And the, and the production for this game was crazy fast. It was, uh, yeah. there was so many levels to make and, and, and they hired a lot, a lot of help outside. So it was, it was, it was really fast production. So it wasn't long at all, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best, <laughs> best type of deal. You know, obviously it's just, uh, a short engagement, but like with AAA, like one of the problems that we constantly talk about, and we kind of spoke about it earlier in the, this episode, where microtransaction came rearing in, not because of happenstance, but because of necessity, where the $60 label does not cover all costs, even when it mm-hmm. ships successfully, right? I think the trend glaringly got ugly when Tomb Raider, the first one, sold like five to eight million copies in a month. And they said that <laughs> it was a failure. It was labeled as a failure by Square. What? Square Soft, right? Oh man, it I really like, it was like four point one or something like that. I feel like it was like a four or five. It was four million in one month. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But because the game was seven years or five years in development, it needed uh, double that to make oh, profit. Like games Lord. nowadays need to be ten million copies to can be considered a success. That's the worst part, actually, because it's like you know, with movies and stuff, you kind of know all the budgets and you yes. know what they earn. And with games, like I don't even know like the real numbers. Like I don't know how it's much games are. Yeah, yeah. Like they should I really make it open public. That's yeah. one of the discussion points that we've always go back to because the great thing is about movies is like they got it to a science. Like they, they are able to track. It's like, oh, this we did studies. This movie should make around twenty to thirty million based on its genre, its time period when it's released, and then sometimes it it reaches over that over expectations. All right, so this weekend it made thirty million. So in its lifetime, it will make this much. Like months ahead, like they've gotten 
down. And then, I think, I think like it's because they have all the well, numbers, right? Yeah. With movies as well, it's like they have like three tier budgets. Yeah. You know, they have the the fifty dollar mil, uh, the fifty mil films. They have the hundred yeah. mil films and the and the, the super blockbusters, two hundred yeah. mil. And it's like no matter what you're making, Avengers: Infinity War or like Thor: Ragnarok or like some smaller action film, it's always two hundred million dollars. And it's like mm-hmm. I feel like if 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 the games had like the similar kind of like if everybody knew what the budgets are, it would it would make the competition a little bit easier. Maybe the customers would understand the reason for the transactions and stuff you know man i i will say this the last thing i'll ever do is like be mad at the customer because for me the customer is like a fish oh yeah in a pond you know and like we throw the worm in if they weren't eating worms that day then we need to change the bait mm-hmm. what am i and I, I say this because like if you ever read comments or like stay social or you check you know finger on the pulse to see how fans receive things they'll make some of the most ridiculous like stupidest demands and it's like holy shit man no wonder people that is true man (laughs) that is true this this early access game should be bug free it should be completely finished with all the dlc like it should it should only take a week (laughs) (laughs) if only they knew all they need is one animator and one programmer and this whole thing would be fixed like comment section knows everything about game development and none of them have made games it should always crack me up man. oh man the funniest thing is like you know whenever I, I bet you guys have the same situation is like whenever somebody's like hey asks you hey what do you do and you're like oh i make video games for a living and they're like oh this must be so fun you probably just get to play games all day um, it's it's crazy they have mm-hmm. no idea <laughs> that's what i do i just sit at my desk <laughs> I pull out my controller and I play the game that made itself. Like it's yeah. awesome. Such a great, such an easy job, man. Mm-mm. That's pretty I mean, much like what my parents think of my my existence. <laughs> I think most people who don't play games too much, or even if they do, they don't understand this the business side of games. They mm. they just believe that. In a way, it, it is more interesting than sitting in an insurance company, right? So I will give them that. And uh yeah, and yeah like ball. there's a reason why we're here you know yeah. making games i think yeah no we're definitely blessed man because yeah. it's like just the the i've had a lot of jobs before this you know and it's like nothing beats this you know it's mm-hmm. it's the probably the best job out there like creative <laughs> you know free and it's yeah. it, it's it's good it's very good yeah. but we still complain. i think <laughs> in their mind what they see is like play for entertainment's sake and getting paid yeah. for it like a streamer or something and even streamers have to work so that's like half joking half truth there but like still streamers i i salute you because you do a lot of work and you're consistent and all that i'm not trying to start a fight over there mm-hmm. what i'm saying is when people usually say oh you play games all day they just think you're playing for entertainment's sake when yeah. really you're like okay play the build get to the thing that you tweaked like oh shit it's like too strong so you pull it back some play all the way back get to that point like ah okay now it's too weak okay so let me try like a little bit between this and this but then i'm gonna add this extra thing play it again like okay that's better then you show it to someone else and they're like yeah but what about that over there then you're like oh shit then you go through play again you know what i mean like it's 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 play but it's work like it's not just like i I feel feel bad for streamers because it's like you know it's like you think they having fun all this time but the reality is they have to play like games they hate and that is that is the worst torture there is it's like oh well a new batman came out i don't really like batman but yeah that's where the views are so i have to play yep Yep. (laughs) and all the editing it's like they play for hours it's Mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah it's streaming ain't just turn on the camera and just start playing like there's entertainment value there's interacting with the fans there's you know someone's gonna look oh they think streaming is a hard job i'm just recognizing that it's a job it's i'm a simply job. saying that i can recognize that there's work involved and it's not just some like oh easy peasy you know mm-hmm. i, I do like- think Okay. I do think the that like the streamer's personality is probably like the it's like the it it's funny because it's like so many you know kids today trying to get influenced by like the mm-hmm. PewDiePie's of this world and they're like oh that's what I'm gonna do when I grow up but what they don't realize it's not just about playing the game it's about mm-hmm. the, the 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 being on being you know on exactly yeah. yeah the jokes the bravado yeah. you know all that stuff it's like without that it's it's boring yeah. to watch you know. What's crazy is like, I understand Dave Chappelle and like the whole, like I needed to take a break because I got too big and all that stuff. Like, can you imagine being a streamer who's like known for a gimmick or a shtick, right? 
Yeah. Every time someone sees you, they're going to want to be like, it's that guy that does that thing. Do it right now. So I can take this picture and then completely like go about my business, not caring that the next 50 to 70 people you meet today are going to repeat this exact moment. And you have to be just as happy and smile just as much for every one of them, because any one of them could be like, oh, this guy's such an asshole, you know, or this girl, she wouldn't even you know, she wouldn't do the thing and she ruined my snap. You're like, fuck her. I'm, I'm not streaming. I'm not, you know, supporting her anymore or this and that, this and that. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah, you man. talk about golden handcuffs streaming to yeah, me. popular tough. Golden handcuffs for sure. Mm, I say this, I welcome it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I roll in that bed full of cash and I'll let it wash away. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say no to it either. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want those problems. It's like, you guys move aside. I'll take care of this. You'll you'll do the gimmick 70 times a day, every day? Dude, or you I just, just look at my bank out. account and if I just have hyperventilation, it's like, oh yeah, I'm still rich. All right. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still good, guys. I'm on. <laughs> I'll do Twitch for another eight hours. But I think, Brandon, you're more the type that like, all right, everyone who wants to see me do the thing, gather up, gather up. <laughs> <laughs> Come see the free. Yeah, and then he does it. And then it's like, all right, see you guys later. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. you're super efficient is what yeah. you probably do. Yeah. It's, Call it's a science. Up. It's like a job at any. It's you know, game development to us becomes a job at some point, right? And uh, uh, I would say this: like at the companies, there's two different companies that that um, the feeling of developing gets affected, right? Obviously, the company that has to answer the shareholders or is very uh, uh, well necessary to make money, basically, right? how you release the game, how it is received, you know, they treat you differently during the development cycle, especially near the end, right? It gets scary. But in companies that have a streaming revenue, uh, just cash making and just having like daily uh, revenue and uh, data, like mobile companies or like free to play games, companies like that, that I've been at, it's just more relaxed and it's just going back to how making games is fun again. Yeah, and it's it's true. It's it's you know, especially like a digital extremes. It's like you know, say whenever we set up a goal, like we need to do this thing. You know, we show to the customers like, oh, we're gonna release this thing, but because it's free to play, we don't have a release date. You mm-hmm. know, if something's not working, we can we can make it work before we release it. Of course, there's still shareholders probably, mm-hmm. and you know, still somebody somebody needs to make sure that the content is constantly coming out. But in the same time, it's like without that pressure of you know just like it has to be released on this date you get to make things work before you release them and it's you know things get juggled around and shifted around to make sure that the customer gets the best stuff first yeah. you know so I, yeah I, w- I would say so for sure yeah just having that daily graph i think it's how every AAA game company should think about where I mean, I guess their solution is the microtransaction, but even before that, even before the official release where you have to wait every three years for Assassin's Creed or <laughs> or something. Like GTA, <clears throat> the megalith of, of, of a monster of a game, which kind of just like every time they come out with a game, it, it sets a new standard. They figured it out with GTA 5. Very impressively sustain their stream since what five years ago to mm. well eight years ago eight years ago to red yeah. dead and they're all those lessons learned red dead's gonna last in the next eight years and so they are leading the way for i feel yeah. all triple a companies need to think um yeah. you know sixty dollar gaming is gonna be all games as a service i feel like like it's and i don't know how i feel about that but that's where i feel like the pendulum shift is going mm-hmm but in protest of big $60 games, I've actually got a free game that's like super legit. Uh, if you want to play it, I would love to play it with you right now. I'll, I'll break it out. It's a, it's a two-player game. I'll be the DM and you can be the, uh, the adventurer. Do you want to play it? All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. So this game is called The Fast Five, where I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions. And all I need from you is five rapid-fire answers. So are you ready to play, Alex? Okay, let's try. All right. Question... I think slowly. Well, but okay. Sorry. Right. Well, I'll speak slow. Question number one. Name something you let someone borrow and they never gave it back. Uh, money. <laughs> Question number two. Name a movie that you have seen more than 10 times legitimately. Uh, 
Dark Knight Rises. Mm. No, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah. That yeah. One. Question number three. Name a video game that you wish you were the creator of. Mm. Mm. GTA. All right. Question number four. If you lost a bet and you had to wear a superhero's classic costume for a month straight, which superhero costume would you choose? Classic meaning the the like the original? Like the or- original, like, you know, none of these like, oh, well, in this universe he wears, or in this universe she wears. Damn it. Uh, like the original when it was introduced that costume spider-man i think he's That's, stayed true for a long time while yeah you can get away with that one question number five can you name a game that legitimately scared you while you were playing it uh yeah warframe oh can you can you tell the moment yeah, that- yeah there was there's a there's a mission i forgot what the mission is called but basically it's uh, something to do with uh, some something blood but it's basically like it has this like you kind of go through dark corridors like d- like dark lighting and the whispers mm-hmm. going in your ears and you know with the stereo in your headphones mm-hmm. it kind of goes behind you and it pops in and out mm-hmm. uh, these kinds of like i'm not scared of anything like literally <laughs> i can watch horror movies all night long but the yeah. jump scares are just like i'm like known for being the most jump scared person like if somebody comes up to me at work from behind and just like puts a puts a, puts a hand on my shoulder i'm like whoa you know, so yeah yeah but there was a bunch of games though I'm, I'm trying to remember other ones but but yeah the recent one would be warframe yeah that's actually an impressive time you did a lot better than i assumed you would do based on what you said not based on any other expectation right yeah dope dude thanks man that's uh Let's see, if I were to look at the imaginary high score list, I'd say you're about number eight. Nice. <laughs> Top 10. Top 10. All right. So here's my segue. Speaking of handling, how did you handle your wife during all these times? Because it's very cons- time consuming, right? So yeah. Obviously, it takes time away from having a relationship, um, you know, watching Netflix and chilling, <laughs> like all these other activities you could be doing. Uh, than uh, being at the computer all the time. Yeah, man. I, you know, like the the relationship with my wife is it's it's like it's probably like the most important thing, you know. And and it's like I love doing this job so much, and and I would give up like games, films, whatever, if I could just create 3D all the time. I would just be doing that. But mm-hmm. my wife is is more important than that, and it's always just this it's it's a horrible sacrifice you have to make you know it's, it's especially when you're starting out and you're still learning and you can't just come home from work you know you're a junior somewhere you still have to polish your skills you still have to improve and it's like you get to spend like half an hour an hour a day it, it's tough and it, it did create like problems sometimes you know but mm-hmm. it's like i think it's like she understands that this is this is what i do and it's like as time goes on we also kind of develop like oh you know we're gonna do weekends we're doing this you know on working days like i just make sure that i spend at least a couple hours uh, with you so it's, it it works out as, as long as you kind of like both on the same page with that you know mm-hmm. so a lot of it's just setting up expectations and being malleable enough to change if it's not working or it is working yeah exactly and it's 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 like you know it's like if my wife kind of like oh you know we haven't spent time in a while and and it's like you've been working for like a week straight now i would like you know what tomorrow i'm just gonna take a day off in fact like we kind of been crazy at work for a while and Mm -hmm. and i just like okay you know what we're going barbados first for christmas so now we're gonna have just 10 days of of -hmm. just relaxation sun and just good conversations you know but mm-hmm. yeah i think i think this job is like hard for relationship and a lot of my friends you know they kind of marry or have girlfriends within within the company or within the industry so they mm-hmm. kind of understand each other my wife is not in the industry so it's 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 harder for her to understand how much like time i have to put into this which which mm-hmm. which kind of sucks i guess but but in the same time it's like if 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 you have a good relationship i don't think a lot of work would you know a lot of people like literally never come home from work so at least at least i'm mm-hmm. here yeah. mm-hmm. uh what new hobbies did your wife pick up while you were freelancing <laughs> so. uh, my wife man she is addicted to gym to like a scary level like i work out ish sometimes <laughs> but she just like three hours a day in the gym mm-hmm. every day she's like got six pack and then biceps and everything it's yeah. it's 
she's like legit athlete it's crazy shout out to the wife yeah, <laughs> yeah. high five yeah. and recently like you know with with all the freelance and stuff she she kind of like started helping me out a lot it, it's mm. it's she, she learned how to sculpt in zebra she you know oh, and wow. like a, a lot of the times like i'm like she's really creative she's a photographer mm. so mm. so it wasn't like that hard and zbrush is probably one of them tools that you can like you know pick up without understanding much of 3d world mm. and so like a lot of the times now it's like if i have something simpler like oh i need to make some bricks or i need to make some some things you know something that she can handle like i'll just be like oh do you want to make those and we would just sit together and do quite a bit of work that's Man, awesome that's so awesome that's cool you did the uh, uh what was that movie uh the ghost movie Oh, yes. <laughs> or you're cradling her from behind yeah just cintiquing with, with her it's pretty much just cintiquing around <laughs> Lord have mercy. well that's awesome that she stepped up and helped you out and like you know she actually is enjoying the thing that you do and helping you with it that's pretty cool you yeah. know that's real companionship and partnership right there that's that's true and she's the biggest spyro fan so like now that i now that i put some content into that she's like the happiest person literally every time i literally every time i go to work the playstation gets on and spyro gets played (laughs) (laughs) you can you can hear that playstation 4 sound from across the room Mm that like water trickle intro sound that they have when you just leave it idle. Oh, I don't yeah. know how to describe that sound, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Just like sounds like trickle and like. That's the legacy of Ken Kutaragi. Yeah. <laughs> like humming, <laughs> humming his PlayStation to sleep. <laughs> at one at one point, man, these guys, these tech guys, are, no, I'm kind of go off tangent. They're going to mer- merge into these machines and <laughs> download the, the scary days. <laughs> One of these guys is going to do it, man. Uh, it's going to happen, you know, and I think the scary part is be like, at most, I see that just being kind of like a snapshot of that person that stays alive. Oh, as an AI. What was you that? I mean? What was that movie where they downloaded? Um, it was like some Johnny Depp movie where. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was pretty bad. I thought. Yeah, it was a horrible movie. Know, but the idea is that they uh, downloaded his consciousness um, before he passed away to live inside this computer. Mm. Yeah. Wait, I thought it's it was, a was concept, but it's like I think. it's we're king. I think Keanu I think Reeves was John there's a bunch Mark. of movies that had this similar concept, but like yeah, what's crazy is it's like it's becoming more and more practical in my mind. It's like, oh yeah, at some point this is gonna happen for sure. Oh, it can it can happen. It's going to happen. And I'm I'm worried to like imagine if they like cloned you and like you legitimately were talking to the clone version of yourself. You know what I mean? As much as you may laugh, that other version is going to be jealous as shit. Like, wait, what? I'm the computer. I don't know, guys. I'm a skeptic. Like, I don't you think. Can turn me off. No, that. We'll watch that. It's complimentary. Yeah. It's going to be just good bromance. <laughs> I'd actually like a, a talk with a with a dude from work, and he's like yeah. he's like obsessed with science and all that. And I was just okay. telling him like, oh, you know, dude, we're going to be uploading our brains into the computer one day. And he's like, he gave me like the best analysis of why it's so hard to do it. He's like. Like, well basically it's impossible and i'm like but why and he's like well because your brain is analog and computer is digital and i'm like whoa mind <laughs> uh, well, you as long as you have slots for a thumb drive <laughs> it's possible <laughs> so you, you can, hey, tell him solid state drive yeah i don't know much techie stuff man it's, uh, but th- what does scare me about all the ai revolutions and all that is that it's like you know it's like before to make any 3d and to do any art you had to learn this stuff and you had Mm. to be you know polishing your craft and today it's like we're moving take a picture (laughs) yeah like literally like you know this capture reality software you just Mm. take pictures of things and they just boom in your computer it's it's crazy where we're going that's why i'm not at all jealous of being artists because like the tool set over like the last let's say 10 years i've seen you guys learn so many different tools techniques and tricks Mm. and then like i'm looking at the next five years then the next three years as a designer, I'm, I can still just be like, give me like some dice, some paper, you know, I'll be back Creative. in two hours and I have an idea. Yeah. I was like, there's a whole lot of responsibility to staying current and like learning new software, learning new technology, going to seminars that are like doing this new stuff, keeping your skills sharp. It's, 
it seems taxing from an outside. Yeah, it's it's definitely and it's the moment you stop, you kind of stagnate and you just mm-hmm. gonna stay where you at for mm-hmm. forever. So it, it is it is tough. It's and the software comes. It's like yesterday was Quixels. Now it's now it's Painters. Mm-hmm. Then it's going from ZBrush to Mudbox to it's it's and like the techniques evolve all the time and the quality rises while while you know your skills have to keep up with that. It's it is tough now it's blender dude of all places it's like oh my god oh, i've been yeah. hearing more and more about blenders like now do i have to learn blender now that the, the program <laughs> that i'm used to make fun of because it's just so dude. free and open source that it's caught up in all regards blender's about to pull a unity on you guys and just out of nowhere like so. boom here's our atom demo and you're like what the fuck <laughs> just they can <laughs> they, they're eight dude it's insane what you can do with blender now <laughs> And it being free is just Still a huge free. selling point. Yeah. Would you, okay, let me ask you this, Brandon, both you guys, professional level artists, there's a lot of students out there. And even someone hit me up recently asking about, you know, getting their feet wet and trying to go into art in the video game development industry. Uh, a girlfriend of a friend of mine, and she was like kind of asking me for advice or just like, you know, what she should do. Uh, she learned CAD. Right. And I kind of told her like, oh, just learn Maya, learn, you know, substance ZBrush. I think that's like the Holy Trinity. You should be good. But like, what about Blender? Should I just tell this, like, go use Blender? It's free. And, like, would you take that kind of portfolio seriously? Or would a studio, like, shun Blender kind of like you were starting to initially when you were bringing it up? I'll let Alex answer that first. Okay. I think, man, it's like, it's it's actually interesting because in... When you're when you have when you work for your portfolio, your 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 in your resources are like infinite, no matter what software you use, right? So, in the end, I think like whenever somebody's trying to get into art, I think mm-hmm. it always has to start from actual art foundations and all the all this like it's like if when you go to university or when you start learning 3d it's like if you are a good artist like traditionally you will pick this up so fast because you already know the the proportions the compositions the color theory all that kind of stuff and it's like i think like those are the most important things and then the software it's important when you're in the studio because it's like what like right now we're using painter and so like you have to know this but it's it's learnable but like mm. the art skills they're they're like the core foundation of all that because without those like no matter it's like you can have the best software there is like you can have all the mice and painters and pay thousands of dollars for it but if you don't have the art skills then you know it's not it's not really gonna work for you kind of thing you know what i mean yeah, mm. yeah i think uh portfolio will always sell your work and get you the job uh your question, Larry, is like Blender. Like if you asked me a year ago about Blender, I would laugh in your face because there's no studios. As a studio, you, you kind of try to get on the same software because you're working with multiple and multiple yeah. people. You need to get on the same tools so that there's a workflow, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, if you ask me about Blender, it's the old guys that's that's laughing. Like mm-hmm. the new guys are starting to look at it more seriously. Like mm-hmm. it's it's changing. Just the last year and a half. Specifically, Blender is becoming more and more dominant. And the, there, there's a lot of reasons why, but specifically Autodesk has just been stalling, dude. Mm-hmm. Autodesk has been doing shit. Charging year. a lot and not Charging a lot. lot, subscription model, but like and the updates every year is just getting out more and more outdated by other programs. Moto, all these other programs are just popping. ZBrush is getting stronger. It's like, you know. It's it's crazy actually that like Autodesk somehow managed to make softwares worse mm-hmm. with time. It's like I still use Max, like I'm a Mac, like primarily Max user. Yeah. But like I use Max 16, although Max 20 is out right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't go past 16 because ever since like 17 and upwards, they just like software crashes all the time. The interface is unrecognizable. Like they keep changing things and adding some things that like are completely useless for for developers. It's yeah, I think they, they really need to like re rethink their strategy for the future. Right. They gave an opening to the Blender community, which is like everything I'm seeing in Blender right now. Oh my god, real time, everything is just looking fantastic. Um, it's just the UI is just stupid, but <laughs> again, this is a learning curve, right? So, if you can't make it do something new, you can make it look something new, and yeah, that's that's all I'm gonna say. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. I'm looking at my clock on the right and it says we have been podcasting for over an hour. 
So Alex, I have a special offering for you. It's a one-time offer. Uh, you may get this again, so I guess I can't call it a one-time offer. But for now, for tonight, it's a one-time offer. Brandon and I are running a little low on coffee. We're going to go refill our mugs, and we're going to give you control over the microphones and soundboards. You can talk directly to our podcast audience to shout out, promote, raise awareness, or broadcast something that you're doing in your life, something you want to advertise, something you want to just draw attention to. Uh, without further ado, sir, the floor is yours. Okay. Oh my God. So much responsibility. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. Don't even know where to start. First of all, play all the games that we've I've been working on. Uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Warframe. Shout out to Spyro. Especially Warframe. It's an amazing game. It's free to play and uh, it's 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 super addictive. But if you don't have any addiction problems, you should be fine. Um, and the second thing I wanted to uh, say, um, um, I've been doing tutorials for, for, for a long while and I've been working with Pluralsight for, for a long while. And recently I had this idea of basically, you know, going solo and trying things out for myself. And so for anybody who's interested in, in anything to do with art, uh, I would strongly recommend checking out my art station and, and, and subscribing to that because Early next year, I'm planning to start a few of my own tutorial series and see how that goes. And so anybody who would be on my art station would be first ones to be notified. What's your full name for the art station in case someone is listening right now? So just be, I think if you just type in in Google, Alex Jerjoman, J-E-R-J-O-M-I-N, and then art station, you'll be right there. I should probably make a link for that. (laughs) We'll put in the show notes, but just in case someone's like on a drive, uh, you know. Uh, well, anything else you want to say before I cut the feed? Well, thank you guys for, for, for this. It's, it's awesome, been super awesome. Your guys are super awesome. And, uh, yeah, th- I think this podcast is like the greatest thing that could <laughs> happen to the industry. It, it's crazy. Cause it's like, you know, everybody kind of on the podcast game right now, you know, everybody's listening to the Joe Rogan's and stuff, but it's, it's so cool to have a podcast that is like about the industry and it's just so much fun to listen to and see what other what other developers are going through and the the indies and the triple a guys and you you get some crazy good dudes on your podcast it's like well yourself included man (laughs) thank you but then you have on the list bro yeah but it's yeah it's it's just it's it's a great thing i think i think this is really gonna this this kind of stuff is really what industry really desperately needs to just like a little bit of communication between everybody so everybody knows what's up you know oh man thank you for that i'm thank you a little tear gotta wipe (laughs) we're definitely on the warframe evolve uh (laughs) mindset like our journey definitely started with the first year being us bitching about the second year is like let's gather our tears Yeah. figure out a solution and now it's just yeah i feel like we're starting to hit our stride so thank yeah, you for when, listening. seriously man when we hit our final form it's like oh my god <laughs> <Can't wait. laughs> yeah. we, we're slowly gonna uh 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 announce that we're like actually financed by bobby Kotick this whole time <laughs> that would be the ultra ultra uh twist and turn oh man anyway well guys i appreciate you both for podcasting with me tonight i'm larry charles and i'm saying good night see you guys next week bye <laughs> So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to Patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. And if you do so, you get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.